Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. As we continue our third week on our series called The Builder, and I'll give you a little recap on where we've been so uh, you can, because uh, we had to lay some foundation to get where we're getting to today, and so I think it's important that we all hear where we started on this thing. But as I was coming in today, I got news that my niece, Sophie Grace, where is Sophie? You in here? Oh, she went to get her. Anyway, she that she painted me a picture, and uh, Pastor John, she did it over at his house using his paint. He's her papa, but she told him that she was painting it for her pastor, and she wasn't talking about him. And uh, so I think he was a little jealous about that. But <laughs> that's all right. But this is what she painted for me. Isn't that cool? Thank you, Sophie Grace. I really appreciate that. Very nice. <laughs> okay. John chapter 15. If, have you found it yet? If you, if you didn't bring your Bible, um, you can just check the screen out up there. I think Michael will have our Scriptures on the screen. Verse 7 says, if you abide, this is Jesus talking, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear, everybody say this next word real loud. That wasn't real loud. Now I know some of you are watching that UT Texas Tech game and you got a little loud in your living room last night. So, uh, Let's hear it like you're watching that game. That you bear much fruit. That's exactly right. Much fruit. By the way, I'm sorry to all of you Longhorn fans. And I know Chase is very excited this morning because he's from the Lubbock area and wearing his Texas Tech proud uh, hat proudly today. But I just think he probably got a little lucky, Chase. That's all right. Okay, much fruit. That you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So we see that the mark of a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is one that bears much fruit. There is nobody in this room today that is a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ that's called to live a minimal lifestyle, that's called to live a menial lifestyle, that's called to just eke out an existence. Jesus said they'll know uh, you, you're my disciples by your love for one another, by your fruit. They'll know you by your fruit. And so we're called as the children of God to bear much fruit. And God showed us exactly His nature through his, by putting His nature in the nature that we see around us, in creation, that we see that when He, put, uh, when he, plant, when he made the trees and He made everything, He made it to produce after its own kind. And you'll find most of the time in a piece of fruit that there's more than one seed that's in the fruit. After you plant a seed, then you get several seeds back. And so this is, a, this is how God works. He works in multiplication. He's a God of increase, and he's, he's just really big. And he's always thinking big. And he put that very same characteristic on the inside of us. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, As his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by uh, glory and virtue. And then verse 4 of 2 Peter chapter 1 says uh, that by these, by which have been given unto us, sorry, by which have been given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these 
we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we see that it's God's will for us to partake of that divine nature, that divine nature of, of, of fruitfulness. that He put it on the inside of us, just like he put on, in this creation, he put the very same thing on the inside of you. And the book of John teaches us that as he is, so are we in this world. So are we in this world. How many of you believe that Jesus, he, when he came to earth, he bore much fruit? Very much so. Yeah, we see his, his ministry was large. And wherever he went about, Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Nobody that was sick that came in contact with Jesus left sick. He healed them all. He showed us what the will of God is in the earth. And it is fruitfulness, and it's, and it's life, and it's peace, and it's joy. And so we, as his children, have this mandate on us as the disciples of Christ to mark us as his disciples to bear much fruit. That word is even a bigger word. If you look at it in the Greek, it's actually the word mega, the word <laughs> to bear mega fruit. Amen. So we understand that this is God's will for our lives. By looking through much scripture, John 10.10, 10, Jesus shows us the key as well, what he came to do. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, but I came to show you that we're not on the same team. I came that you might have life and have that more abundantly. So he's always about abundance and increase. And so he's shown us here that as disciples, we're called to bear much fruit. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24, we looked at, um, and, and the way the way that we bear much fruit in this, in this earth is to have the mentality of a builder. Christ was a builder and still is a builder. He said in Matthew chapter 16, upon this rock and I will build my church. Guess what? He's still doing it. You're a product of what he started back then. And there's going to be future generations that are going to be the product. Until Christ returns, he's going to continue to build his church. He hasn't stopped yet. He's still doing it right now through your life. He's building his church. In 2008, just as much as he was that time when he spoke it in Matthew chapter 16. Amen? And upon this rock, that is the rock of the revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. We keep the main thing, the main thing, that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and those who call upon his name will be saved. That the gospel of Jesus is that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Amen? And those who believe in that, put their faith in that, become the children of God, become born again, and are called to a life of fruitfulness. And so I don't believe it was an accident that Jesus was a carpenter. I don't believe that, was an, I don't believe that it was just by chance that he was, that he was born, uh, conceived by this virgin, conceived of the Holy Spirit through this virgin, but his stepfather or his earthly father here was, was um, Joseph, who was a carpenter and taught him that trade. But, but, but there's significance there because he's showing us about being a builder. Now, I know that my, like if I walked into a room with Gary, who, who is a master carpenter, extraordinary carpenter, I've walked into a room with him, he could immediately begin to point out the flaws in that house. I don't look for stuff like that because I'm not an expert in that. But Gary can see that stuff. He can see where they cut corners with the trim and the flooring and, 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 and whatever else. Anyway, how they, how they taped and floated the, the, the sheetrock and what, what all they did to cover up messes. And, and 
I can't see that kind of stuff. I walk in, I just see a house. But Gary, who is a builder, who is a carpenter, understands how to do it right and how it's, and, and because he knows how to do it right, then he understands when it's done wrong, right? Now, I can tell you as a preacher when somebody's misquoting the Bible. I've studied the Bible, and I continue to study the Bible, so I, I can catch that. It's, and, and the average person out there that doesn't read the Bible might not catch it because I have poured my life into that and figured out it's got to be done right, and I, so that way I know when it's done wrong, right? I can tell when somebody's playing a, a wrong chord on a guitar, like this morning. Where's Jeremy at? He had, a, he, had a, he had a bad chord this morning, but he, he, he got through it. Nobody else in this room probably noticed that, though, right? I've been in this thing a while been, because I've, I've poured my life into playing the guitar, and I understand how music is supposed to sound and what note you're not supposed to play <laughs> during the song, right? So we all, have our, we all have built areas in our lives that we do really well, Right? Built there, but then there's other areas in our lives that we haven't been such a good builder at. Maybe an attitude, maybe the way we talk, same way we keep thinking the same way, we keep doing the same thing over and over again, right? And keep falling into the same trap because we've not chosen to build. Now, Matthew chapter 7 teaches us a real important truth here where Jesus talked about two different kinds of men. Let's turn over there for just a moment. Matthew chapter 7. <clears throat> Verse 24, Jesus says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Now, if you look in the uh, original, the word hear means understand. That's a little better understanding of that word. He, whoever understands, hears and understands these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house, or house just represents his life, who built his life on the rock, right? Now, look at verse 25. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded upon the rock. Now, as you're building your life, and you're doing it the right way, that does not keep you from trouble coming to your life. Jesus taught us that tri there's tribulation in this world. As long as you're in this world, you're going to find trouble. And if you're not in trouble right now, you might uh, have just been coming out of some trouble in your life, or you're coming into some trouble. <laughs> Isn't that comforting today? No, it is. It is. It is because he didn't leave us with that thought. He said, in me, I say these things in you that in me you may have peace because in this world you have tribulation or you have trouble or you have trials, but uh, be of good cheer because I've already overcome the world. And the Bible teaches us in 1 John 4, 4 that uh, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And the way that you understand that and the way that you access his power is 1 John 5, 4 that says whatever is born of God overcomes the world, Right? Anybody born of God in this room today? That's right. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So we understand that living a lifestyle of faith is living a lifestyle of victory, continual victory. Yeah, storms will come. Yes, things will happen, but it doesn't have to blow your house down, right? If it's founded upon the rock, you'll stand. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings, listen to this, or understands these sayings and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fault. So Jesus is showing us something really important here, that both men received the instruction and both men understood. Both men received the instruction and both of them understood. 
but one of them, even with the understanding, chose not to build his house on the rock. And I don't understand why he chose not to build his house on the rock, knowing what he was supposed to do. And I don't understand why people today do that today, except for maybe this truth, that building is not easy. When you're building right, it's not easy. It takes time and it takes labor, and it takes effort on your part, and it takes consistency on your part to build your life right. And cutting corners isn't going to cut it. (laughs) Because when the trouble comes, you find out exactly what your life is built on. Now I want you to turn over to Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. Is this helping you today? We're going to go into a new, this, this is just a review of where we've been. And I talked to you about characteristics of a builder, and I, I don't have time to get into that this morning, what those are, uh, but you can get the CD, all right? Uh, it's out there in the bookstore. I think we've got them on sale for $150 today. <laughs> that was a joke. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19 says, Now, brethren, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Why don't we all just say, thank you, Jesus, right there? Hmm? Because we we weren't even in the picture at one point. We were the heathen, godless Gentiles out here, and God had and still has his chosen people known as the Jews. But thanks... Be to God Almighty who showed us his great compassion, great love, and brought all of us into the family that Jesus paid for all of us. Now, therefore, you're no longer strangers, no longer foreigners. That means we're no longer on the outside, right? But fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, all right? Verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the land. Now, what is the building doing? It's growing, right? This speaks of the nature of our God. He never stops. He's continually building. We're continually growing, right? We're built built together into a holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Now, hold that thought and jump over to Ephesians chapter 4. And we see the gifts... Of the Son. Now, through the uh, the New Testament, Paul teaches us extensively on the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Father, and the gifts of the Son here. And we see them listed here in Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven. It says, "He Himself, that is Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ." So, what is my job? What is my duty as your pastor? To equip you, yes, to build you up, to edify you, that which means to build up, right? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I'm supposed to be equipping you for the work of the ministry. I need a, well, I didn't get a very good amen out of that, but I'm supposed to equip you for the work of the ministry. Well, that's the preacher's job. No, my job is to get you to do the work of the ministry, to train you, to equip you. That's what it says. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Man, that's a, that's a big verse. 
Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And Paul is, Paul is making reference to those who come in and try to teach you anything other than the simple gospel of the Lord Jesus. Just putting your faith in Christ. There are those who were always, always antagonizing Paul's ministry. They believe that you had to live by the law and you had to be circumcised and you had to keep all of these ordinances in order to, to really be a Christian. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. You walk by faith and you stand in grace, right? And grace teaches you how to live right. Amen. All right. We should know, okay, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Oh, here's the key here. Speaking the truth in love may grow up or that you may continue to build, right, in all things into him who is the head Christ. From whom? The whole body. Who's the body this morning? That's right, that's you. Joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. That means you have something to give, right? According to the effective working by which every part does its share, say, I have a, a part to play, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So, in order to cause growth, in order to continue to build, you build others. In order to build your life, you build others' lives. And ultimately, we build the house of God. Ultimately, we build this. And I'm not talking about just a, a physical house, which we are working on right now, praise God. We're in the plans of building our new building. But uh, in the process of getting our plans uh, approved and get our variances that we need, and then we're on, on our way. But this is talking about this spiritual play. We're a, we are the body of Christ. This is speaking in spiritual terms that we build one another. But I want, I want to back up for a second. It says speaking. It's so important how you speak to one another will, can affect how that person grows. Mm -hmm. Can affect by what comes out of your mouth. The Bible talks about that pleasant words are like a honeycomb. That words, we can speak words of life and we can speak words of death. Let's be those who speak words of life and continue to build the kingdom of God just like Christ built, is building his kingdom in us, right? We, we understand that we're built upon the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ who is the word of Almighty God, right? He's the Word of God. So as we continue to study the Word and hear the Word preached to us, our lives are being built. And so then we, in turn, do this for others as well and continue in the building, in the building process. Now listen, if we are not building our marriage, if, we're, if, if you're not building your walk with God and you're not building your children and you're not building your relationships, then you are moving towards failure. Certain failure. If, you're not, if you stop building, then you begin to move towards fair. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but you begin to slip that way. And you might not even realize it because it's, it's a subtle thing. And if you're not building, like a few years ago, there was a, uh, when we were living in San Angelo, and my, all my grandparents lived in Thackerville, Oklahoma, right off I-35, right across the Red River. And uh, we'd go up there all the time and see them and visit them. Um, when we moved, moved away, and we got on I-35, and just before we got up to Gainesville, somewhere between Denton and Gainesville, over on the, the west side of the interstate, there was this big house being built there. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that house out there. Uh, there was a massive house being built, and, and we'd, we'd drive by, and they were adding a little bit more to it and drive by, but the, the building process seemed extremely slow. Because, you know, it would be every few months that we'd go up there. And then over time, we just noticed that there was no progression. Of the, I mean, a huge mansion. And there was no, there was 
no more progress in the, in the house. And then, and then we noticed that the wood began to turn by the weather and the rain and all kinds of things, and it just, it just began to turn, and the house began to deteriorate and decay. Never finished. And it was always a sad thing. We'd drive by that house and see all of this potential, but deteriorating right there on the side of the road. Somewhere along the way, this, this man stopped building. And man, it was looking good. Man, it was looking good. But the moment the hammer stopped hitting the nail, the moment the drill stopped drilling the screws, it was over. Now, I've driven by it since then, and it looks like somebody else has taken on the project. But uh, it was just always a sad thing for us to go by and see this beautiful house that had all this potential that was never realized. Because when they stopped building, they moved toward failure. I, 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 want, I want this thought to wake you up this morning, as this is Cornerstone Awake today, and to tune into, because you don't have a great marriage, and you don't have great kids, and you don't live a great life on accident. This is all done on purpose, because you've purposed for that to happen. You've done things to make those things happen, Right? And there, there might be some of you here today that might think that, that, you're, that you can't be a builder or you're not qualified to be a builder because, because maybe things you've experienced or things that you've done, but that's just not the truth. If you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you have all the potential to do exactly that very thing. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Whether you've been through a divorce or maybe your kid's already grown, you go, well, it's too late for me to do it. Well, you know, to give anything to my kids now, they're all grown. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, that my business didn't pan out, so... Listen, what can you do right now, though? Today's a new start. His mercies are brand new today. And the Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. God's not thinking about what happened in the past. He's concerned about where you are now and where you're going tomorrow. Right? So just keep looking forward. If you failed before, don't let that, don't let that keep you from building today. Right? Just pick up the hammer and go. All right? One at a time. What, so what can you do right now? And, and understand that God not only has a future for you, but he has a good future. And you have to believe that it's true for you, though. You have to walk by faith in what God's grace has done for you. Right? Amen. Because he's building your life. You'll just let him. And you've not been relegated to a life of failure. You've not been relegated to a life of mediocrity. And you've not been relegated to fruitlessness. God has so much more for you. And the Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. Now, we've talked about this before. I've, I've never lost a fight that I thought was a good fight. The only fights I talk about were good fights, the fights that I won. Right? And so the Bible says, teaches us that we fight the good fight of faith, which teaches us that if you believe God, if you'll continue to believe, then you'll always win the fight. Amen. And so you've got to stay with that. You've got to keep fighting because along the building process, you're going to have to understand that you're going to have to fight for it. It's not going to always be easy building, because it's not easy building right. But you have to keep fighting and staying forward, staying focused. What, one of the, I'm going to finish with this thought right here. One of the first steps toward failure is that you quit building and become a manager, or you become a caretaker of what you have. Just simply manage, and like I said, it's a subtle shift moving from building into a mindset of managing. Now, I understand that you have to manage while you build. That, that's very important, but don't ever let... The, the, the managing become greater than the building, all right? Because the manager always stays submitted to the builder. 
here's the vocabulary of a manager, okay? God help. I mean, I've, I've, said, I've said these things, and maybe you have too. It's all that I can do to take care of what I've got. This is the language of a manager, of just a, just a caretaker. It's all I can do to take care of what I've got. You're, you're telling me to continue to build my life. I've got soccer practice. I've got gymnastics. I've got karate. I've got all these extracurricular activities. It's all I can do to take care of what I already have. Right? My husband's just lucky that I'm still here. Mm. Or here's another thought. I don't have time to build. I'm too busy. And see, all this is justified in the manager's mind. But if you're not building, you're sliding towards failure. Let me ask you something. Who do you take the project to at work when the job needs to get done? The busiest guy in the office, right? You don't take the kid who's just standing over with his hands in his pockets because you know that kid's not going to get the job done. You take the guy who's on the cell phone and he's emailing and he's doing all this stuff. You say, here, take care of that. Yeah, I can do that. I'm busy, but I can do that too. It's the busy guy that's getting the stuff done, right? Don't tell me you're not too busy to build your life. You're in the perfect place to build your life. Amen? And, and you can, be, I just can't be stretched anymore. Yes, you can. You can be stretched more. Take a rubber band, for instance. That rubber band's uh, uh, purpose is not realized until it's stretched, <laughs> right? And your purpose won't be realized until you're stretched. Faith has to be stretched. Faith has to be resisted. But the moment that happens, ah, potential comes life. Mm-hmm. Manager says stuff like, don't ask me to go to a marriage seminar to help my marriage. Don't ask me to go to marriage counseling. Everything's just fine the way it is. I, 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 it's all I can do to take care of what I already have. Tell me to go to a network meeting to better my business. I have enough clients to deal with as it is. Hard enough. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to eat better. Work out? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm stepping off these toes. Yeah. And see, the manager the manager is going to find themselves angry around the builder, though. When the builder starts talking about future, talking about plan, they're like, get away from me. Hmm? So you know when you're managing, when your thinking continually gets smaller. And you're managing when you lose your excitement and you, when you lose your enthusiasm. Hmm. But Jesus showed us, I mean, if you just think, well, my life, my marriage is okay. My kids, they're okay. My, 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 my work, my job, it's okay. My salary is okay. My health, it's okay. It's okay. Well, Jesus didn't come to give you life in that more okay. Huh? He came to give you life in what? And so imagine then. If you keep the builder's attitude and don't slip off into the manager to just being a caretaker, what your attitude can do for somebody else. Amen. And we'll get into that next week. Why don't we bow our heads for a moment? Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.